0: Good morning to each of you. It is a blessing to be worshiping with you all here at Waterworks this morning and bring greetings from Shenandoah and saw a few of you last evening, had a few youth come up to help out with our last night of Bible school or fun night, community night, whatever You want to call it. We just came through a week of Summer Bible School and it was a a very good week. We had a good attendance from the community. We had between 51 children and 60 children uh, attending regularly each evening. Now that's including the our church congregation, the children from the congregation there as well, but just a good week. And maybe one of the highlights of the week, one of the days Connie had sent, we have a church WhatsApp group, and Connie sent out a video of children from the community playing in the backyard of the church, which is fairly common, and they were singing the theme song, just singing it with enthusiasm, and it was just really neat to hear that. Jesus is my treasure, I'm not going to sing the whole song, but they're just bellowing this out. And it's just like that is so beautiful to see. And I just can imagine them going home and singing that song to their parents as well. And yeah, it was just a a blessing to be part of. And then last night we were blessed with just a beautiful evening. We had a night or a, a meal out in the churchyard inviting all the community to attend and the children from Bible school. And then they also all the children came up at the end and sang the theme song together. Just A neat way of investing into the lives of children especially, putting God's Word in their hearts. And I believe you have... I'm not sure when your summer Bible school is coming up here. Is that July? Okay. So God bless you as you prepare and plan for your summer Bible school as well. For a message this morning, I was wrestling this week what to preach about Had several different messages come through coming to my mind, but I will start with a question. How many of you enjoy when you have trials come into your life? May I see a raise of hands? I don't see any hands up. I would like to talk some about trials. And I believe if I ask you, have you ever faced a trial, I believe every one of our hands would have to go up. Some sort of trial. You know, they all come into our lives at some point. Maybe another question, thinking about trials, are trials good for us? Have trials done you good in your life? Something I thought about, so this goes back many years now, 9-11, September 11th, when planes flew into the Twin Towers, the result of that catastrophe or that horrible thing, event that took place, what happened? A lot of people who didn't regularly go to church on a Sunday morning started going to church again, at least for a time, thinking about what trials can do for us. So in that time, or when that happened, people started seeking God again, at least for a time. So thinking about trials, the title is up there on the wall, Persevering Through Trials. You can turn with me in your Bibles to James chapter 1. Two weeks ago at Shenandoah, I had an introduction message to the book of James, and I plan to preach through the book of James at Shenandoah. I don't plan to preach through the book here this morning, but I would like to cover the first 12 verses. And as I was Sitting here this morning with the devotional and Sunday school lesson, I just I was blessed and I felt it ties in a lot with the message I would like to share this morning. Persevering through trials. James chapter 1 I'd like to work or to look at the first 12 verses. Now, a little bit of an introduction. I'll try to make this fairly brief. I gave a fairly lengthy introduction last Sunday, or two weeks ago at Shenandoah. So the author of the book of James is likely Jesus' half-brother, James. And one, the one thing that I found very interesting, I don't know that we can say for certain that's who it is, but it's very likely. That's what a lot of people would believe, it was Jesus' half-brother. And the reason it's Jesus' half-brother, you know, Jesus was, he came from God, but Mary, they, James, and, and Jesus shared the same biological mother, but obviously Jesus had a heavenly father versus James. So the half-brother of Jesus, Jesus also had two disciples who were named James. What I find interesting is during Jesus' earthly ministry, at least for a long time, even Jesus' brothers did not truly believe that he was sent from God. They rejected their own brother, And it was later in his life, actually, I think it was post resurrection, after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus appeared to James, and James, I believe, then was a believer. Like, Jesus truly is someone different. Jesus is not just my brother and just uh, the same type of brother or same type of man that I am, but he is really God's son. He has risen from the dead. And what I found interesting as well some extra-biblical accounts, reading on some of the historical accounts, it is said of James that his knees were like camel's knees, calloused like a camel's knees from the hours he spent in prayer. Just the transformation that took place in the life of James after he believed in Jesus. His knees were calloused as that of a camel. James recognized the the need for prayer. In this book Well, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I'll put a few more things up on the wall here. So, again, author is James, likely the half-brother of Jesus. And the book was likely written around A.D. 49, which is like, James is likely the oldest book written in the New Testament. I know it's not found in the first book in the New Testament, but likely the first book written in the Old Testament. And maybe I'll try to whet your appetite a little bit to read through the book of James. It's a, it's a short book. There's five chapters, and it can be read through in about 20 minutes. And as I was studying for this message, I was reading some of Harold Martin's commentary. So some of, of what I am sharing this morning comes from his commentary as well. It's a very practical book. When you think of the book of James, I don't know what first comes to your mind... Where your, mind go, where your mind goes when you think of what James tells us. When I think of James, some of the first things that would come to my mind is, you know, faith and works. You know, faith, that is, it's not a real faith unless there's works, unless there's something that, there's action that's taking place. Maybe you think of the tongue. James talks about the tongue quite a bit and how important it is. He says, no man can tame the tongue. It's full of deadly poison. Also, James talks about drawing near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, I'm having the same issue here as I did the past couple of times I tried to use PowerPoint here. When I use it here, never had this issue before, but I cannot scroll through my notes on my computer. And this morning it hit me, I think, I think it's done intentionally to keep my messages shorter here. (laughs) And I wouldn't be surprised if Larry has something to do with it. <laughs> I don't actually believe that. But what I did this morning, I quickly printed some of the notes in, as well in the event that that happens. It's also said of the book of James, it is, it is similar to, the, to Proverbs in that it is not so much as a train of thought, but as a string of pearls. And I like that. There's a lot of practical application that we, that we can apply to our lives as we go throughout life, as we face some things, reading through the book of, of James can be very beneficial to our Christian walk. James in verse 1 here, it says, James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting In the New King James Version, James describes himself as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. A bond servant would be that of a just a lifelong devoted servant. Again, think about James earlier on rejecting Jesus, not believing in him, to describing himself as a bond servant, a lifelong devoted servant. Another thing I found interesting, according to historians, James stayed true to his commitment as a bondservant and was later, he died as a martyr in AD 62, and he died a very cruel death. It is said that he was pushed off the temple wall, and that didn't kill him, and people were throwing stones at him, and then be, and he was finished off by a club to the head. Just a brutal death that he went through. And the first 12 verses of the book of James, James talks about trials. And I believe if anybody can, or thinking about trials that we face, I believe James can relate to many trials that we may face as well. James did not live an easy life. Also... This is written to the 12 scattered tribes. And again, thinking about the, how early this was written, the 12 tribes were a cinnamon, a synonym for the nation of Israel. And James was writing to Jews who were scattered over the Gentile world outside the boundaries of Palestine. And although this was originally written to the first or the, the 12 scattered tribes, this no doubt applies to all believers today. We can read this book and apply it to our lives. Also, I found interesting in the studies was the first 12 verses in the King James Version, it talks about, it uses the word temptation. The first 12 verses, the word temptation is more meaning of trials or outward trials, things that come into our lives. And then verses 13 And the next several verses following that talk about more of temptation as an inward enticement to do evil. And I don't plan to get there much this morning, but more thinking about the outward trials and what our response should be to them. So, I would like to look at three points this morning. The first one is response to trials. The second one, resources for facing trials— And then thirdly, rewards for persevering through trials. So they all start with R. Hopefully that helps you remember them a little bit easier. Again, a response to trials, resources for facing trials, and then rewards for persevering through trials. And here's what I really want to drive home this morning, is I want us to seek God through trials because trials have the ability to perfect our faith thinking about the good that can come out of trials, how that can actually produce something good. It can make us complete or perfect our faith. And we'll look here at that as we go throughout the message. I would like to real quickly here, just read the first five verses in the ESV here. It says, James, a servant of God, And of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So the ESV versus the King James Version, they use some, or the ESV has some different ways of, maybe a little bit easier for us to understand, like King James Version of verse 2 says, diverse temptations, meaning various trials, of or various kinds of trials. And another In verse 5, King James talks about, uses the term, upbraideth not, or meaning without reproach. Let him ask in faith without reproach, and it will be given him. Now, I'd like to pick up in verse 6 in your Bibles. I'll read through verse 12. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord... Now verse 12, notice this verse. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation or that endureth trials. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. A beautiful verse for those who endure trials, those who persevere to the end or persevere through the trials. So I want to ask you the question this morning is, What is your response to trials? Do you face them with all joy, as James tells us to face them? I have two pictures to put up here, and I would like you to think about these pictures as what is your response. You think, oh, no, when a trial comes and you get all discouraged... Or do you face them with a smile on your face? Count it all joy. Well, I don't... and I'll touch on this here shortly, but I don't think facing trials with joy means that you're just going to have this pleasant, happy look on your face at all times. I'll get get there shortly at more of the, the biblical definition of joy. But James says, Count it all joy, my brothers when you face or when you meet trials of various kinds. James did not say if you face trials, but he said when. And I believe he uses that word when because, again, trials are something that we all face. I have read somewhere, I don't remember who wrote it or who said it, but someone has said you're either going through a trial, have just you're, you're currently going through a trial, or you've just come through a trial or you're about to go into a trial. That sounds comforting, doesn't it? <laughs> that can almost be discouraging. But yet, there's there are some trials that are much greater than others, we, at least in my experience. Some trials are, it's a difficulty, it's maybe a little bit of a setback, but you, you get through it. And then maybe there's some trials that just feel like there, there's no way out. Like, what am I going to do? And it seems like maybe a hopeless situation. The word divers kinds or, or various kinds, it means, var- or divers means various or having many colors. And this, this includes things such as physical trials, domestic or financial as well, and we could have a, a list of what all types of trials that we may face. Maybe just some examples It could be health issues, some health issues that we face that are a setback, that are a trial. It could be a death of a loved one. It's a great challenge, a big trial to go through. It could be shattered dreams. Something you had your heart set on is taken away and you're left discouraged. It could be financial loss. It could be be rejection. Maybe even by a close friend, you feel that rejection, that hurt, that pain, that trial that we go through. Just for some examples. And James says, Count it all joy when you face various kinds of trials. Jesus also said in Matthew 5, talking about when we are persecuted, he said we are to rejoice when we are persecuted or when we suffer for doing right. He said, for great is your reward in heaven. So as Christians, we can take great comfort or we can take great joy at these trials that come into our life can actually be producing something good, even for our own good. And for the first point, response to trials, thinking about how we should respond, again, we should count it all joy. And I want to look here why we can count it all joy when we face various kinds of trials. So biblical joy is choosing to respond to external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction because we know that God will use these experiences to accomplish his work in and through our lives. So again, thinking about those pictures that I had up on the wall, we might feel really discouraged. We might put our head in our hands at times. We might not face them with a smile. And yet we can count it all joy that even through these difficulties, good can come out of them because God can work in our lives through these trials. It can be for our own good. Paul and Silas gave us an excellent gave us an excellent example about being joyful through trials, right? They were sharing the gospel and they faced opposition, they were thrown in prison. They may have had their heads in their hands for a time, but at midnight they were singing praises to God. They were worshiping God in prison and something miraculous happened. The earthquake came and the, the jailer thought everybody escaped from the prison. He was about to kill himself and Paul and Silas cried out, no, we're, we're still here. We're all here. And Paul and Silas chose to respond with joy through the opposition. So we can have good come out of these circumstances when we choose to respond with joy. And back to what I really want to drive home, because God can bring good out of our trials. So, so much of it comes back to our choice when we face the trials. We can be discouraged, we can become bitter, and God can't have his perfecting work in our lives if we choose to become bitter, but we can choose to allow God to Work in our lives, work through the trials. There's a health and wealth gospel that is being preached in many places that would they, people would say just turn your life to Jesus and, and everything will get better and God will make you prosper. Well, yes, God will make us prosper spiritually, maybe, but God doesn't promise prosperity and that we'll always uh, live healthy lives, that we'll be blessed financially. Because even though James wrote this, James wrote about being joyful through trials, James didn't uh, live a life of ease. In fact, quite the opposite with the persecution that he faced. I believe James responded the right way to trials. I believe he went to, he cried out to God through his trials due to, I mean, the the callous knees that that he had. He went to God his heavenly Father through the trials that he faced. So thinking about our response, so why should we be joyful? And we'll look here at verses 3 and 4 in the text here this morning. Why should we be joyful through trials? Trials purify faith and... I want to look at that a little bit. So I want to think about when, when life is easy, when, we're, when life is going how we would like it to go, it really doesn't, we're not tested with how sincere our faith is, right? It's when the trials come that we're really tested to see what we're made of, who we're going to turn to. Do we really trust God? You know, that's revealed when we go through these difficult times by who we go to. So trials purify faith, and then also trials produce patience, and the Greek word translated patience has the idea of steadfastness and endurance, meaning to keep on keeping on, thinking about persevering, keep on keeping on. This endurance makes us better equipped for the next trial when we persevere through the trials. Yesterday, in Shenandoah, there was the annual Cool Cracker 10K race. I like to run that race every year, and yesterday ran that race, and it was awful, (laughs) at least parts of it. That day, I tend to push myself harder than I should sometimes. It seems as life, as I get older, I get busier and busier with other responsibilities, and I practice less and less sometimes for the race. And the less practice I have prior to the race, the more I'm going to feel it during the race. And, well, Nate, you can relate to me some in that race, right? (laughs) Anyone else here run the Cool Cracker race? I don't want to exclude anyone. I'll, I'll say this, if you haven't, and you would like to run a race sometime i would love to have you come up and run that with me but mile 5 by mile 5 it's a, so 10k is 6.2 miles by mile 5 i'm very tired <laughs> i want the race to be over but mile 5 is almost all uphill and it's a very difficult part of the race And you come down after that mile five, you go down for that last mile, but then it ends on probably almost a, maybe a quarter mile uphill run yet. And it just wears me out. In that race yesterday, I had thoughts like, I just want to stop running. (laughs) Every muscle in my legs wanted to stop running. But I was like, no, like, wh- what, am, what am I going to do if I quit? Like, That's, that's going to look so foolish. Like, <laughs> I know there's going to be people at the finish line cheering me on. I want to make it to the end. But in the heat of it, I feel like giving up. And I believe we, as Christians, sometimes we face trials that we, we can't see the end. We might ask God, why? Like, what, what good can come out of this? And yet... We are called to continue pressing on, continue persevering. And before the 10K, they have a, a fun run, or anyone who wants to go the, join the fun run, they can, it's a walk and run, whatever you want to do. It's, I think, a little over a mile long. And Kyler and Carson, my sons, they ran it yesterday. And as they were coming near the end, I went down to just cheer them on and cheer them on to, to cross that finish line. So today, Kyler, Carson, myself, our legs still feel it from yesterday. Trials can wear us down, but we are called to endure, to continue persevering. It is when we persevere that we can be better equipped to—or for the next trial that comes. So James says, and we'll look here again in the text in verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, or worketh steadfastness, another word could be endurance, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, or lacking nothing, being made complete. So as we go throughout trials, good can can come out of them as we persevere as we seek God through our trials. So trials also perfect character. The word perfect in verse 4 speaks about full growth or maturity of character. Trials are intended for us to grow and become more Christ-like, made complete, or again, lacking nothing. And some people go through... Much greater trials than others, and I don't know that we will ever understand the why behind all the trials that we may face. We might tend to ask God why sometimes, and I don't feel it's always wrong to ask God why. But yet, we, we, at some point, I believe it's so important that we come to the place of just accepting it, facing it with joy, knowing that through this difficulty... God can be at work, or God is at work, even in my life, throughout this difficult time. I also think there's some unhealthy views that people can have, or that we can have, towards trials. It is true that God disciplines those he loves. Like, as parents discipline out, we, we discipline children because of our love for them. We, we want to correct bad behavior. We discipline because we love our children. God disciplines us because he loves us. So maybe sometimes throughout our trials, it is because God is disciplining us out of love. Like God wants to perfect us. But I believe an improper view is that God is just angry with me. We can have this view that God God just loves to bring trials in my life. I believe rather that God weeps with us when we are going through some difficult times. And yet God can use trials, again, to strengthen us, to make us complete. We get a glimpse into the spiritual battle that is taking place when we look at, or when we read the book of Job, how God and Satan were in conversation. And and God did allow a hedge of protection to be taken away from Job. But the beautiful thing is, God didn't take everything away. God did not allow Satan to, to take Job's life and we talked, it was some discussion we had going on in the Sunday school lesson, thinking about temptations. I believe that God allows us to go through things that we cannot handle on our own strength. But that we need to cry out to God for strength through these trials. We cannot go through them on our own. We need to turn to Him, cry out to Him. But again, the unhealthy view, I, I believe, is having this view of God that he's just angry with me, that he rejoices when I go through these trials. No, I see a a loving God being gentle, being merciful, caring for us, but disciplining, yes, at times, but because he loves us and he wants to continue to mold us more and more into his image. I do not plan to spend much time on these next two points. I will try to make it quickly. One thing I wanted to read here very quickly from Fanny Crosby, Thinking About Trials. She wrote, Oh, what a happy soul am I, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world contended I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. I wanted to make a few comments before I read this, but most of us know Fanny was blind. She was Blind as a young baby by a doctor, it was as an accident how it happened. Fanny had every right, maybe, humanly speaking or thinking, to become bitter about her blindness. But she used this great trial, or she turned, instead of being discouraged, instead of uh, being bitter, she chose to be content, to enjoy the blessings that other people don't. Because I'm blind, she chose not to weep and sigh even through her blindness. I believe Fanny had a proper attitude towards trials, and we can face trials with joy because God is at work. And if we listen to Satan, we assume that we assume the worst of God, but if we know who God is, we assume the best. And that changes, I would say, about everything about how we respond to trials. So Satan wants us to give up When I was running that race yesterday, I wanted to give up. No, I wasn't in a spiritual battle with the physical race yesterday, but I felt like giving up. And sometimes we might feel like giving up or throwing in the towel, and yet when we have a proper view of God, that changes how we should respond to trials. I remember talking to a man, this goes back many years ago now, you probably heard the saying that trials or hardships will either make us bitter or better. And I talked to a man just sharing the gospel with him. And he was a very bitter man, an older man. And he went back to, I believe it was his child that died as a young child. And he just, I don't remember his exact words, but if I'm paraphrasing what he said, but how could a loving God allow my child to die? And yes, those things I'm sure are extremely painful. I can't relate to what that man went through, but he is viewing God as this God that brought death. No, we live in a fallen world where bad things happen to good people. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Why some people go through greater trials than others, I don't have the answers to it. And yet God can be working in our lives through trials. And even my own life sometimes, I try to do this. I don't always do well at it, but when trials come, Yes, it can be. It's frustrating. Yes, I might be angry for a time, and yet to recognize that God can bring good out of this, even if I never see the good on this side of eternity, God can continue molding me, shaping me as if I have that proper view of or of who of who God is. Now, number two, I'm going to make this quick. Go through this quickly. Resources for facing trials. Wiz, uh, i put down here seek god and james talks about asking for wisdom so verse 5 if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of god and i believe this is in the context of trials when we face trials we need to get down on our knees or we need to get before god and seek him cry out to him and ask for wisdom And Bill Gothard has said this. He said, wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. As we go through life, we have somewhat of a narrow view, but wisdom is just seeking God and seeking God's point of view. Wisdom is good common sense about spiritual matters. One with wisdom can evaluate things. So we need wisdom when facing trials. We should pray in faith. So we pray for wisdom, we go to God, we seek Him, we ask God in faith without wavering. So we, don't, we shouldn't just try God. Some people have the attitude, well, I, I tried God and it, it didn't work for me. But no, we don't just try God. We don't, we don't ask, we shouldn't just ask in, uh, just half-heartedly, but we ask in faith. We go to God crying out for wisdom. Ask in faith without wavering. And I'm not going to spend much time on this, but James talks about the double-minded man. We are currently going through what's called the Church Planters Course with Riley and Katharina planning to go to Asia for to reach uh, people that are uh, to an unreached people group. And All Nations Bible Translation has us going through this Church Planters Course, and we're talking about, or we're reading about animistic people groups. And it's hard for me to really define what animism is, but what, what I'm reading a lot about, people have this, or there are some people that have the view of, you know, they would view that there's, there's many powers out there. And for, for example, some might consult the witch doctor and go to God and like, let's just try these different ones and see which one works. No, that's a double-minded man. Or if we ask in faith, you know, half-heartedly, Thinking, well, God might come through or God might give wisdom. No, we need to cry out to him and seek him and not be, uh, or to ask in faith without wavering. And thirdly, rewards for persevering through trials. Blessed is the man that endures. People that face trials God's way will be rewarded. Now one, I'd like to look at a few of these here rewards for persevering through trials, and inner blessedness now. I'm going to go, again, back to the race yesterday. If I would have given up at mile four or mile five like my body wanted to do, like, I, it really went through my mind. Dale made the comment about maybe he'll, he'll drive through and, you know, see where I'm at. I was like, well, I might just hop in your truck if you're going to drive past me. He, did, he didn't do that then. I don't think I would have hopped in because I didn't want to give up. It was a real mental game. I did want to persevere. But thinking about people that give up through trials, difficulties that come to their life, like who are you going to turn to? So if you're going to give up, like what other source can you go to? I Just me thinking about this. When we go to God, that is where we can go through trials with joy because God is at work. If we give up, like people without hope when they face trials, they don't have any real a, a good source to go to. I mean they can maybe find encouragement from other people, but they don't have a true source. They don't they can't find that inner peace, that inner joy that comes through surrendering to Christ. So rewards it's not just the uh the reward that is coming, but also the reward that we can experience now, that inner blessedness. And then put down to a stronger faith in God. It'll and strengthen our faith as we our faith as we seek God through our trials. It is said that a sick bed often teaches more than a sermon, and that is by Thomas Watson. I thought that was pretty good when I read that. Our trials sometimes can teach us more than we might learn on a Sunday morning going through trials, and maybe you can relate to this. It would be interesting to open this up and hear some personal testimonies of what trials have done in your own life when you experience hardship. And then another one under rewards for persevering through trials, a crown of life, and that's found here in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. One day our life will come to an end. And James chapter 4 talks about our life being like a vapor. And I want to encourage each one of you here this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever you have went through, whatever you are going to be going through, to persevere through trials. One day, you're going to meet God face to face, and it's going to matter how you respond to the trials that you face. And God longs, to give you that crown of life, to reward you for your perseverance through those trials. So in conclusion, thinking again about these points, response, our response to trials, what is your response when you face difficulty? And then resources to trials. Do you, like James, have calloused Knees from going to God in prayer and just pleading to God, seeking God for wisdom through trials. So use go to God as your resource for facing trials. And then, thirdly, rewards for persevering through trials. And again, I want to ask you the question Will you seek God through trials and allow the trials to perfect? your faith or to make you complete because that is God's heart and I believe, that's, I believe that's your heart as well that through the trials that you face that God will strengthen you make you complete perfect you as you seek him through whatever you may face and again I, I don't know what many of you are facing but I know as with life it, it brings trials. There's difficulties that will come, and again, some much greater than others. But I urge you to go to God, seek Him, and allow Him to have His way. Will you always understand the why? I, I don't. I don't always understand it. Maybe you do. But as I, as I get older and see what some people go through... Val Yoder is one who comes to my mind as a man who went through great trials in his life, losing his wife, some children, and I know he had revivals here just some, or last month, I believe, and just the beautiful testimony of God at work in his life, and you can have that same type of testimony as you persevere through trials. So God bless you as you go throughout this week. If you have a trial that comes, I... I beg you again to go to God and seek Him, ask Him for wisdom. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, come before you this morning. And I don't know what everybody is facing here this morning, but we realize that, or we recognize that life at times can be full of trials. And I pray that every one of us, would seek you not only in the trials, but also whatever stages of life that we are going through, that we would recognize that our strength comes through you and you alone. Help us to go to you through those trials, and I pray that every one of us could be a winner. I pray that all of us could persevere through the trials, that we would endure, and how beautiful it would be when we, that, that we could all Stand before you one day and receive the crown for persevering through the trials. I pray that you'll be with us as we go from here. Strengthen us. Help us to be shining lights for you as we go throughout this week. Help us to be true and faithful to your word. And I pray that the book of James would be an encouragement to every one of us in our Christian walk. We ask that you would guide us as we go from here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't we all stand for a closing verse of song. After that, you are dismissed. Thank you.